This is Will Swan and you're listening to the Amber and Blue. Right, good evening everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Amber and Blue. It's Wednesday, it's seven o'clock, um, probably about the time when Twitter goes wrong and nobody can join and talk because that's what normally happens on this app. So yeah, here, here we are, we find ourselves on a Wednesday after his first loss on Saturday and a draw last night and you know it were, wasn't great was it Saturday um let's be honest let's get let's get the negative stuff out of the way first um I don't think we were great Saturday I don't, I don't know why I can't can't really explain what happened um I think definitely the losing goal that if Flint were playing in his normal position we um we probably wouldn't have conceded that because Austin wouldn't have like easily set up that winner. Um, so yeah, uh, and it hurt. You know, it, it's never great losing games, and it's not something we've become accustomed to. So comes as a bit of a shock. I think. Um, I think realistically, if you were going to pick a game for us to lose, I don't think it would have been swindling away. But it just goes to show at the minute everyone seems to be beating everyone. Um, but we're still up there and uh, we we move on to Tuesday, which, to be honest, I didn't think we played well at Swindon, but my God, last night, it was just, it was just a poor game. We looked leggy, we looked tired, but the best thing is, last season we'd have probably lost that game and we've come away with it with a point after being behind twice. So I think there's positives in it. It's just a case of looking for them. I think 10 days off now, give the players a bit of a break. I know some of them are going on holiday. It, it do them some good to get away and chill out and forget about football. Um, welcome, Richard. Evening. How are you, mate? All right? Uh, not bad, yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Quiet room again tonight, mate. So it's probably just me and you. <laughs> it might liven up in a bit. Yeah, it, it, mate, if we'd have lost Tuesday, this, this place would have been Ramo, wouldn't it? Oh, if we'd have done one on uh, Saturday night or Monday morning or whatever, it would have been. Yeah, can you imagine? I should, we should have done one. Well, we were both too pissed, to be fair, but <laughs> we should have done one. We should have done one Saturday night after it's winning defeat. My God, can you imagine? They'd have been queuing up to speak. Oh, yeah, they'd have been all over it. Um, what were your thoughts on Saturday? Uh, yeah. Obviously, I've just been listening to you a bit before and you, you could probably argue, I think we probably deserved more from the Swindon game than we did last night's game, to be fair. I thought last last night we were, we were poor. Um, and again, the, the, the Swindon game is just one of them where he's he's rolled the dice and, and gone for it, chucked Aidan Flint up front, which seems to be the only backup plan we've got at the minute if plan A don't work. Um, and it, it backfired. Um Maybe earlier in the season, he would have stuck for the point. I know people were complaining at the beginning of the season about we're getting too many draws, but 
I think, given how it had gone on on Saturday, I think would have most people would have took a point, even when it was uh, at one all. I think people would have been happy just to leave with a point because you know we said before and for all Swindon's like run up, uh, results and that hadn't been great. There was still a team that scored goals and yeah, you got chances against them, but there was still a, a dangerous side and it was one of them games going into it where. I felt it was going to be a, a, a tough game and a, 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 like a potential banana skin, but at one all, I think would have been better off just taking the point and focusing on getting three last night. Obviously, that didn't happen, but we didn't know that at the time on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I think you know we made that mistake, and I'm still um, really confused to why Nigel did that. Like, you know, you you won all away from home. I'm not saying playing negative, but when you've not played well all game, surely you'd just go, right, I'm going to take take the point and go home with it. Keep us ticking over. But, yeah, I think yeah. especially, especially away from home. I know he keeps going on about the average of a two, point, two points a game or something to keep you up there. Well, you know, if you sort of get a point away from home and win your own games, that, that keeps you on course for, for doing that. Like I say, you know, Swindon will be up there at the end of the season. There's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that Jake Young, what is he on now? About fifteen and eighteen or something. Um, so you know they've they've got the firepower. Arguably something that we're sort of lacking at the minute. Um, but you know they are they are going to be up there. And I think I don't know. I think Nigel admitted him himself a few days later, didn't he? That he probably shouldn't have uh, chucked Aidan Flynn up front. But my worry is that seems to be the only backup plan at the minute when we need like the last. He's tried it a few times now, and I don't think it's particularly worked. I know so I think someone threw one occasion out the other last week or something when it when it worked against someone, but it on the whole when we took Aiden Flint up front it it doesn't seem to have the effect that we would all like it to have. Yeah, I I think you're right, mate. It doesn't doesn't really solve anything. I mean, I know it like last night he went up and he won his header to set Will Swan up, but realistically when he goes up he doesn't tend to win much, I don't think, and he can't get back. I think it's all right. I'm going up for set pieces because you you can sort of look for them knockdowns, but he goes up for set pieces anyway. But when he's up there in open play, it, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really achieve anything. No, and I think this is my thing with Flint and set pieces. It's it's predictable. Like he always goes to the back post, and I think my biggest issue is I'd like to see him switch it up. So without me and, maybe uh, put him near the front post me, with flick on. Me and Norman's been going on about this for for weeks now, and as soon as we get a corner or a free kick or something, we're both just sort of look at each other and say, "This is going back to Aidan Flint." Because I mean, I, I, we obviously don't practice set pieces much, corners or free kicks. We've just sort of signed Aidan Flint and decided hit Aidan Flint and. Uh, I did say last night, you know, it, it'd be nice to see him make a run to near post or or some, just just to change things up because we are becoming too predictable. He just he lingers at the back post and you know I don't think he's actually scored an idiot, has he? Because I think the one uh, no he am the one he scored was with his feet. Um, he he doesn't seem. I think he had a, was it was it last night? He had a good chance where he headed it over. We actually won an header from a corner, but he headed it over at bar um, from about six or eight yards out, but. Yeah, he doesn't. It w- it would be nice to see us freshen things up from set pieces because it is becoming predictable and it's evidently not working. 
Yeah, definitely. So it's something that obviously Nigel needs to look at. I think as a whole, I think our crossing needs to be looked at as well. There were several times last night that we crossed the ball and it just went past everyone. And I do think the only natural good crosser of the ball in the team is probably Maka. But it's a case of when does Maka come back? Obviously, he's got another injury and, you know, can he really come back? That's well, the thing now. I think Nigel said he's, he's penciled in for, I think he was starting training again today so with the view of being back in and around the squad for MK Dons. But, you know, I've said it before and i say it again, there's no doubt about it. When, when, it, when, he's, when he's fit, I mean, arguably over the last few weeks, I was 75% fit, I would take McLaughlin over McDonald. Um, yeah. But, you know, if we can get him back fit, it will make a massive, massive difference because he is, he is someone who can put a decent, uh, a decent ball into the box. But like you say, it's just, it's just getting him back and keeping him fit that seems to be the big issue. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's obviously becoming harder for Macca as well because he's desperately trying to come back, but it's injury after injury and it's not, it's never the same one. It's always different. So whether or not, you know, you get to a certain age and your body starts breaking a little bit more easy, whether he's at that point or not, I guess. Well, I think he's not out of contract this season, neither. Yeah, he is. End of the season, he's out of contract, and he signed a two-year at the start of last season. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure exactly he was out of contract, but if, if he is, if he is one of them that's, that's sort of out of contract at this season, it's certainly going to be a big six months for him. He needs to stay fit and prove that he can stay fit and affect the team, basically. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's one of them, isn't it? Where you, I think realistically on January, like I like McDonald, but I just I feel that it's probably one of our weakest areas going into January if if we can't get Maka fit. I, th- I think when he was signed, I think he was predominantly signed as backup to Maka. Um, and obviously he's ended up having to play a lot more than I'm not going to say what the Nigel wants to play him, but sort of what they probably thought they would be playing him because obviously we knew Maka was going to be out for the first was it, six to eight weeks of the season with the injury he carried from last season. But I think obviously having that setback that he had when he came back, I think they were expecting him to come in and he was going to be like the number one left back. But obviously he's had a couple of niggles and that since he's come back, which has made him sat out even more games. But I certainly think McDonald. I don't think McDonald was brought in with a view to being better than McLaughlin because if he was, the, the scouting department needs looking at because terrible decision. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, well, I, th- I think it's an area probably we need to look at in January as long. Well, probably with the striking options as well because realistically, we could probably do with bringing another striker in if Gales. Gale's going to be out what eight weeks? So what's that? That's January, isn't it? Yeah, I mean he was walking around last night with his leg all braced up and what have you. But hopefully, Will Swan getting his goal last night will give. I mean, he, even before he scored the goal, I thought he looked more sharp and more lively than what he has done in recent weeks. So for him to to get that goal and hopefully give him a bit of a confidence boost, then it's probably. In a way, a shame for him that there's a 10-day break because now he's got that goal, he probably just wants to get back out there and, and carry on playing and now he's got to sit out for 10 days. But hopefully he takes confidence from that and we'll we see the Will Swan that we know from last season. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I, I do think Will Swan was probably one of the better players last night. I thought he'd come on. He offered us something different. He ran at Henri Reese. But like, I think, you know, going back to the game last night, it was, from my point of view, it was quite a negative performance. I openly said I expect Mansfield to come out and win 3-0, even though Tranmere had a good result against Stockport. I still expected them to really come out and beat them, but we were very lethargic. They were, I think last night we made, I think somebody said over 700 passes. Now, I think, I think I've seen somewhere that just before the move for their first goal, we made 30, 30 some passes, nearly 40 passes, and didn't even get into their box. They made three passes and scored. So, you know, it's, it is. It does seem to be the final third at the minute. It just doesn't seem to be. Yeah, it's it's the final. It's the final ball. Going back to like deliveries and set pieces and putting balls into the box. It's just. It just doesn't seem to be. Doesn't seem to be working for whatever reason at the minute. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I've just looked, and it it was seven hundred and twenty-two passes we made last night, and probably what six hundred and twenty-two of them went backwards, backwards or sideways. Yeah, it, it was just. We struggled to break them down, but yet nobody really. My issue were, especially at the back, is when we were passing it. We did we did the same last season. It cost us we, when we start passing it behind the back, and there's no urgency. Nobody nobody really drove. But then when Flint decided to drive and um, Brun and them, as soon as they started doing that, we looked a dangerous side. But we didn't really do a lot of it last night, did we? No, I've I've just had a quick look as well. The, t- the two players on our side with most touches at the ball last night were two centre halves, Aidan Flint and Lewis Brunt. So you know, it, it's I don't know. We've got we've got to be we've got to be, we've got to create more going forward. Really, it's it's spending too much time. I mean, again, I thought Lou Reed last night. You know, for for someone who's supposed to be able to go on ball and dictate play, I thought whenever he got on the ball, a lot of it was. You know, sideways or back to centre halves or out to full backs or whatever. There's no. We just seem to be missing that player in the middle of the park who can punch a ball into front two and get him on the turn and driving at goal. It just, it just all seems to be slow, patient build up where, you know, you could see Tramia last night signing two banks of four and we, we just struggled to break them down and get create chances. Yeah, I think I think that was the thing, wasn't it? We, last night, it was just. There was no real. Like Oates, every time Oates got the ball, I think we all expected something to happen because um, Oates is good like that. And I think Barry to a point, but we are getting a bit predictable with this play. We're constantly going down the wings. And I know the first goal came from that. But before that, we had we had loads of chances down that side. And it's just, if we're struggling to cross the ball in the box, then why are we still wing playing it? Surely we look dangerous when we got the ball to Quinn, who a lot of that half, that that first half, he was in space most of the time and nobody picked him out with a pass. Yeah, he did. Just, like you say, especially down the down this near side to the main stand, he, he was in, he was in eight. And he, you could see he was, you know, he was waving for it and shouting for it and whatever. He just didn't seem to, it just didn't seem to get it to him. But for the amount of, you know, we always set up in like the, the diamond midfield with the two up top. We ha- we haven't the one position we haven't really got in the squad is sort of natural, pacey, tricky wingers. But we keep getting ball out wide with, to no one who can put a ball in box, rather than 
you know, working it through the middle with, with two strikers and, and what have you, and getting some shots off at goal. It just, we seem to be trying to get walk it in at the minute rather than getting some shots off. Yeah, and a lot of people around me were frustrated last night and shouting that, stop trying to walk it in, stop looking for the perfect team goal. Um, and I think what kind of got the fans excited was when Ollie Clark came on and just hit that shot. Although the keeper saved it and tipped it round, I think that kind of like G'd up the fans because they were just happy we took a shot. I think we had several good chances last night to take shots and we were passing it across the face of goal and losing possession. And I think, you know, again, I think, I think he made a difference uh, when it when he comes back on. He just, it just seems to give us something in that midfield, that bit of bite or that drive or whatever. But he, do, he does seem to make a difference. So oh, he's another one. You know, we just want him to come back and, and stay fit and have a good run inside. Because, you know, just like Aikens, he's, he's another one that makes a massive difference when he plays and you miss him when he's when he's not there. Because once you lose him and Quinn out of that side, the, the rest of your midfielders are all, you know, like to get on ball and what have you. They don't like to get stuck in and, and drive a team forward. That Whereas, you know, Clark's like that. He'll, he'll, he does seem to drive us on a bit. And he did make a difference when he came on last night. And like I say, just, even just having that shot, it, it lifted the ground. It lifted, it created a bit of atmosphere just because just there was a bit of intent for, for a few minutes. Yeah, I think, I think that was the thing. I mean, I don't know where, like, everyone sits. Well, I know where you sit and that. But, like, last night, obviously... There were. There seems to be an issue. So I'm in block C. So block D next to me is behind the dugout. Now there seems to be an issue there. I don't know what the ongoing issue is, but there's a bloke who, or several blokes, obviously think they're football managers. So they're shouting to Nigel constantly. And I don't know the ins and outs of it because obviously we scored and I was too busy celebrating. But I looked over at Andy Garner who was, like, moving his arms up in the air as if to say, like, stand up. And then he was telling he was telling someone to clap. And then I think somebody, one of the fans must have said something back to him. And like, Andy's like, just fucking clap. Just fucking clap. We've just scored. So I don't know what the ins and outs was it, but, like, if you'd have seen last night after we scored the first goal, you'd have seen Garner turning round rather than celebrate, was trying to G the fans up. And I think obviously someone's then had a pop at him, but I think it it must have been like there were three football managers in Block D last night who were like constantly on at Nigel, and you wouldn't think there were fans of a team that's just gone what seventeen unbeaten. Yeah, I think that I think that's the, you know, that's the perspective that everyone's going to put it in. As much as the last two results have been frustrating, you know it's. If you look at the bigger picture, you know, not, is it nineteen games we've we've played now? We've lo- we've lost once, um, and I know we, I know everyone keeps saying it, but you win your game in hand and you go second in league. So you know, it's it, it, we're we're not in a bad position. I think the ten day break hopefully will do us some good. Players can get a rest because they did look some not just tired legs but tired minds last night. There was a lot of. Like I said, there's a lot of lazy decisions, I think, in the passing and stuff last night. So, hopefully a bit of a break for all players, a few to come back from injury and what have you. And then hopefully by the time we get to MK Don's a week on Saturday, everyone's fresh, the squad's a bit bigger, a few places back and we can kick on and get the season started again. 
Yeah, you know, I have to say, going back to that, I think um, it must be odd. If I was a Mansfield player, I think I would probably prefer playing away than at home. I think when you go watch Stags away, like if any of you listening to this have never been, it seems to be when you go to watch Mansfield away, you get your core group of fans that are behind them no matter what. Like they lost at Swindon. There weren't really any booing. People were gutted, but they accepted it. They clapped them off. Like last night at home, it seems like the role reverse. You've got people having to go at Nigel, people shouting they were shit to players. And it's like, I think that affects our own form, to be fair, because I wouldn't want to play at the one call in front of some of our fans. We are so fickle. I think at the final whistle as well, there were a few boos again ringing out. And you just think, well, realistically, we're not going to win every game. What do you expect? Last season, we'd have probably lost that game, but yet we've come back from behind twice. I just don't, I don't understand the mentality of some of our fans. I think, it, again, it's just a, the case of people being used to like positive performances and, and positive results. You know, the first few games of the season, sort of up until in and around the Notts County games, when we're absolutely tearing teams to shreds, there was no way we were going to be able to continue with playing at that level with that sort of performance week in, week out, Tuesday, Saturday. At that point, with all the cup games had coming up for the whole season, there was always going to be a, a blip in form. The, the big thing now is making sure, like you say, when we come back from this break that we that we kick on again otherwise we're going to find ourselves dropping further down and having to contend with, with playoffs or whatever so you know if, if the aim and ambition is to finish in that top three we've just got to make sure that you know when, when we start when we go back against MK week of Saturday everyone's on it and that includes the fans because I think you know you, you've got to get behind them you know it's alright saying I oh, want promotion and what have you but the fans have got to play their part as well everyone's got to get behind the team oh Oh, Mandaway, you know, the atmosphere makes a difference. You know, the players say it, the management say it. You know, you get behind there creating atmosphere and it intimidates the away players and it, it spurs our lot on. And, you know, we've, we've got to do our part as well as expecting the players to do their part every week. Yeah, and I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. Like, last night when I got up with Edward, like when the final whistle went, I could hear people like booing from like around D block and probably the next one. And I just thought to myself, honestly, if you thought that performance were worthy of booing and you're coming on saying that this is shit and all the rest of it, like literally go on YouTube and watch the season that Mansfield Town got relegated. It was some of the shittest football I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, you're, you'll learn to appreciate a two-all draw with Tramir after watching that drabble because it was but I think the thing is a lot of, a lot of Mansfield Town fans I will probably say a younger younger generation uh, they, you know they never really went through the shit spells that a lot of us went through so and and the football London Idol has been fantastic probably some of the best football I've seen us play so I think the problem is with success there's always that downfall I think we just some Mansfield fans need to just Thing. not every game we're going to see is going to be the best Mansfield game ever not every performance you're going to see is going to be the best ever like I say I thought I thought Flint God that was odd was <laughs> yeah literally you try saying that after a few beers I don't think he was on his game last night and I don't think Louis Reed was either but 
you're going to have that. Players are going to have blips. It's not like I openly say on here, Flint's the best defender in the league and would walk into any team. But it doesn't mean he's going to play a 10 out of 10 every week. And I think... It's just like any walk like Everyone goes to work and has good days and, and bad days or whatever. You know, it's... Footballers are no different. They're not robots. They're going to have good performances. They're going to have, they're going to have bad performances. Like I said, I think a lot of the ones last night that people would sort of say didn't have their best game are players that have sort of played week in, week out, pretty much like every minute. So they are going to be the ones that are starting to to, uh, to fatigue, fatigue and what have you. So uh, hopefully the ten day break doesn't doesn't some good because. You know, I think avoiding defeat again last night was big because I think if we'd have gone into this break on the back of back-to-back defeats, I think it would have been more demoralising. I think stopping that losing, you know, backing that loss up with a getting another point on the board. Yeah, we all wanted three, but I think you know that that could be a big point in the season overall by just in terms of confidence and what have you for the players, knowing that. Again, they've not played great, but they've managed to pick up a point, keep themselves in touching distance of the top three, and you know, with a bit of a break, and then go again next week. Yeah, definitely, and I I agree. I think it was important to get even a point from last night, so that it kind of doesn't let the rot set in, and you know, the fans as well can go away and think, well, you know, we haven't lost two games in a row. We've kind of nipped it in the board and. You know, I think I think this is the thing. Like with the fan base at the minute, there's an expectancy, and I get it because we've done so well. But you know, these these things happen in football. But I I agree. I think the players that had poor games last night, um, like you, you read uh, Lewis and Flynn, have literally played. Apart from like a couple of games, have literally played every minute of every game for us. Off so top. eventually, I mean, you are going to get yeah, I think The only games that they probably missed would be the 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 ones against the likes of Everton under twenty ones and yeah, I think Lewis got a knock earlier in the season. Yeah, but but realistically, since coming back, they've played literally every minute of every game. So you know, you're going to get tired. You're going to make mistakes. Um, I just yeah, think it's, it, it, it's always a busy start at the beginning of the season because obviously we've done particularly well, obviously in the League Cup. So we know we've increased the amount of games we've played as well as all the others. But now we know when we come back from this little break, we've only got the league to to focus on. So you know, 100 percent of the effort goes into into the league. There'll not be as many as many games as often. Obviously, you get the busy Christmas period, but you know, it, it'll just be like a normal season from. From here on in, that you know, players around League One and League Two level should be should be used to by now. So hopefully, you know, they're used to that, and we can get back to how we have been. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we are. It's it's what the first of December on Friday. We've got we've got big games coming up as well. They're not. It's not like we've got a nice Christmas period. I think you know the fixture list for us has been it's been hard, hasn't it? Realistically, it's like. You know, we've got what have we got? MK Dons on the ninth, uh, Crawley, who again they're a hit and miss team. That's away. You've got then Sutton United again. That's going to be if quite a physical game because they are. If they're anything like last season, they're going to be a physical team. And then you've got the likes of Donny, Grimsby, uh, Stockport. 
So it's, you know, December on paper is not, again, not a nice month for us, really, is it? It's not, no, but I still stand by, by what I said last week. If we win at Sutton away after beating Arrogate away and uh, Salford away, then we may as well just print the promotion T-shirts now because it's written in the stars. But, um, yeah, the, you know, they're the not easy games. Um, but I don't I don't suppose any any games are. I mean, you look at even some of the teams that are, that are down there at the bottom, you know, they're still, on paper, they've still got some good players in the squad. So, on any given day, they can turn it on you know Swindon on paper weren't you know were out of form weren't doing weren't doing great but then you know they've still got the players that can put in the performance it's just about doing it consistently and I think that's where we've gained the advantage in the early part of the season because we've been consistent other teams have sort of been hit and miss we've been consistent in turning in you know good performances picking up results what have you and you know, bar the last bar the last couple of games, it's been pretty much every game. So you know, you just got to cut a bit of slack for the last couple of games and hope that we've got them out of the system and we're freshen up and go again. Yeah, and I mean, like going off at a slight tangent here about Swindon. So Swindon's two best players were Jake Young and Dan Kemp. Now Jake Young's on loan until January from Bradford, and Dan Kemp's on loan until January from MK Dons. So come January, Swindon might have a problem in the fact they're going to lose probably their two best players. Um, is, um, so that's is, interesting. Is, this Jake, is this Jake Young from Bradford? Is, is that situation a bit like uh, like that was sending Danny Johnson out alone? Is it is it a fallout? Or did Bradford just think he wasn't good enough? Because if they if they thought he just wasn't good enough, that, that's a huge. I think. I think, by all accounts, Mark Hughes didn't rate him because he wasn't very big on pushing youth. So, Mark Hughes didn't rate him, so allowed him to go out on loan. But, by all accounts, he's a Bradford-born boy. He lives in Bradford. Um, So, you know, he might want to go back into the business. But this has happened to Bradford before. They they loaned Edin Doyle um, to Swindon, who banged in a load of goals. And then came back to Bradford and did nothing. And we've done the same with Danny Johnson. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't mean like he's going to go is. back and score out full of goals, but it, it could be bad for Swindon in that respect. Yeah, it is one of them. Some you know, some players work under under different managers, but you, uh, I, I could if you know if it, if it was a Mark Hughes thing, obviously now he's gone. I would certainly see Bradford's temptation to to keep him and uh, and try and get him banging him in for. Bad would like to say it'd be a massive loss for Swindon and their sort of promotion push. Yeah, I, I think so. But I mean, it'd be interesting. In this, you know, I think our game against MK should be good. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. When when I was doing like a fantasy league at the start of the season, I had MK to win the league and win it quite easy. So I I, I put us third, and uh, I still think we will finish third. Um, more hope now than anything but I just think that we've got it the only thing that worries me is when everyone talks about having a game in hand we never ever perform well in games in hand the last two seasons so the season the season when we had three games in hand can you remember that bad winter we had whenever when it was literally snowed off every week yeah uh, we needed to win one of the three we didn't and then last season I think we had two games in hand and we didn't win either of them I was, so, I was thinking this earlier, to be fair. Last couple of seasons, we always, at some point in the season, we always, we've always been in and around the top seven. We've always been able to say, oh, yeah, but we've got a game in hand or we've got two games in hand and what have you. And it never seems to, it never seems to pan out how you want it to pan out. But 
this season's been different so far, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, we never know when we beat, just... beat Salford, we'll beat Salford, so, you know, times have changed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fi- I mean, it'd be interesting to see when we get that Forest game, uh, Green game in because, you know, I want to play them while they're struggling for form, to be fair. Yeah, before we get to January. And the- yeah, because yeah. at some point they're going to pull trigger, aren't they, on that manager and I don't want to end up playing them with a new manager bounce, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting, you know, these interesting times ahead, uh, big December, but... Yeah, genuinely, at home atmosphere, they just need to start getting behind them, to be honest. I think, I, I, honestly, I genuinely look, looked at the comments after this winning game, and there's more comments on, I think it were, I think it were either Twitter or Mansfield Town's Facebook page, there were more comments on that after losing to Swindon than there was when we beat Salford away for the first time ever. And it's like, I'm sure some fans just, seem to enjoy it more when we lose because it gives them something to moan about. I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you, you always seem to get a, a louder response from a negative result than you do from a, from a positive result. But I think, that, I think that's pretty much a lot of football clubs have had. I don't think that's like single to, to Mansfield supporters. I think that's, you know... People like to moan. People like to criticise. They don't like to praise. They don't like to support. It. You know, they like to rip people to bits in this day and age. So I think that's, I think that's just a, a general thing in, in, in a lot of football clubs of the country at the minute. Yeah, it, it is a real strange one. But you know, moving on um, quite nicely, it goes for. Obviously, we are we are now ten days football free. Um, there's a few local FA Cup games on this weekend. I think uh, uh, Alfreton are on Saturday about five o'clock against Warsaw. So if there's any tickets left and you're missing football, you can always go and put money in Alfreton's pocket. They've got a few nice pubs around there, to be fair. It's an all right away day, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so Rich, obviously 10 days off, people coming back from injuries. Um, oh, speaking of injuries, what we hadn't touched on last night, Jordan Bowery, so before he went down and was subbed, probably about 10, 15 minutes before, was rubbing the back of his hamstring. And yeah. he looked like he was struggling then. So I, I was, uh, And we made several substitutions in between the first time he went down and when he actually went down and, and got brought off. I think, I don't know if it was an impact injury, I think just in front of a dugout, I think, I think it was two man John Barry and another Mansfield player might have been reset and one of their players sort of like barged into him. So I didn't know it I think Nigel came out afterwards and said it was dead leg, but you could tell from then he walked into like the centre circle and you could tell he was limping. And they sent Callum Johnson straight out to warm up, but then left it for another ten, fifteen minutes. So whether Barry said, you know, it's just a dead leg, I'll run it off, or whether they were just sort of taking a chance. But I thought at the time he looked like he needed to come off. Yeah, I, I thought that. I was like, oh, he's, he's done his blessing. But I'll be honest, I think I know we've spoke a lot about Aaron Lewis on here and Louis Reed and Flint. But I, th- I think for me so far this season, Jordan Barry has to be the most important player in that team at the moment. He just, he just seems to perform wherever we're putting him at the minute. It's just... You know, it's good for him, but it's also good for us. You know, he played up front against Salford, scores, then played last night. And I thought he had a good game, to be fair. He didn't really do anything wrong. 
yeah, he's, he's just one of them players at the minute where, you know, you can put him anywhere and you get a, you get a minimum of like a six or seven out of ten performance out of him. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where he plays. I think he's played both full-backs up front. You know, he's played he's played a lot of different positions. So, you know, fair, fair play to him because he always, he always gives... Uh, Gives everything, no matter where he gets put on page. Yeah, did um, I've not listened to the post match from Nigel yet, but did he mention anything about Boateng last night? Uh, no, he didn't mention much about who was missing. I don't actually, I haven't, I can't remember the bench. I can't remember actually who was missing. But the only sort of player he mentioned coming back was uh, was McLaughlin, like starting back training today with a view to being back for. For the MK game when we, when we come back, but no, he never he never mentioned the king. I'm afraid, so I don't know what's happened there. However, he's just not been picked. I don't know. Yeah, it seems a bit strange for him to. I just find yeah, I just find, I just find it strange that he turned up, gave Davis Keeler done a lift, and then fucked off. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then come back again and stood in tunnel. But I just don't get it because he's not mentioned him being injured or anything. So, so. Maybe it's one to watch. Maybe he's the next one out the door. I don't know. Well, I was just going to touch on that. Just just mentioning like all these injuries coming back. Do you think that's going to make Nigel not delve into the transfer market because players are coming back? Whereas if we'd have still have had two or three injuries, he'd have probably been more inclined to bring someone else in. But now we're starting to get back. Is he going to go with his old, you know, the squad's fine. We don't need to improve it sort of thing. Um, I don't know, you know, for me, he definitely needs a forward through the door. And me personally, although he's, the problem is I want Luke Armstrong because if, if you Google Luke Armstrong and Reese Oates and see what they did when they last played together, they were good. Um, he's a goal scorer at this level. The problem is he hasn't played. I think he's played yeah. like three games all season and hasn't scored. So well, I think, I think he's gone out with Arrogate ever since he tried, since he's moved from Wrexham fell through any, but, I, yeah. I don't know if it was you or someone else that was saying when we played Arrogate away, he seemed to spend a lot of time talking to um, Luke Armstrong, like walking on and off the pitch. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Wrexham will come back in for him. So I think I think he definitely may, might be worth a punt. Um, he's in last. I think he's in last half for his contract. So I don't think he cost a lot. But I, I, I think he's going to have to nip in and get. I think he probably needs a striker and then cover for Macca and McDonald, probably of a higher standard than what McDonald is. I'm not saying McDonald's poor. I just think they could be better out there. Yeah. What, what do you think we need? Well, I, I would have probably said them two positions, but I just don't think... I'm... Now that Macca's coming back, he's going to say we've got sort of two left-backs and we've got Cargill who can play there. Um, that that's another that that one's put it on a t-shirt for as a famous quote from Nigel can play there. Um, so we've sort of got three players there who can play left back. So I think it might depend on um, outgoings. Is um, is Anthony Hartigan's due back in January as well? Isn't he? I don't know if it was a season long or um, until January. I'm not sure, but he seems to be enjoying his football there. And realistically, I think the thing is with Nigel. I mean, I might be wrong on this, but realistically, if you look at like his past, I think pretty much if Nigel loans you out, you it's think? kind of his way of saying, that's it. I mean, 
You know, you look at Andy Cook, you look at Danny Johnson, Anthony Ortigan. I don't think, obviously, apart from the young lads, so excluding Gail and Charlie Cooper, I don't think he's actually loaned anybody out and then brought them back into the squad and they've stayed. Yeah, I think just I think Cooper's the one that needs to go out on loan and get some. Now that I know he's obviously kept him for keep playing in like the Bristol Street Rovers and what have you, but I think now that's gone. I think he needs to go out and and get some like first team minutes under his belt. Um, but again, with strikers, I don't know. You know, playing the two up front, you've sort of got Aikens, Gale, Swan, Oaks. Is he going to go out and buy another one? Um, to, to throw into that mix. I, I just don't know. I, I don't... He likes his small squads. I'm not convinced he's going to do anything unless we lose anybody. I think if... I don't know... Like I said, I don't know when Hargan's due back. If he's due back, then I think he's going to go or... Uh, Botang. I think he'll only keep one of them too. Um, but like I say, like if, if he's loaned him out and he don't like Hargan, then it might be already written in the stars for him that he's not going to come back. So... But other than that, I think it'll be maybe he's out then in rather than bringing more into what we've already got. Yeah, I, I think so. I think probably we lose one. But I just think, I think league positioning probably tells us what he's going to do as well. If we get to the 1st of January and we're top three, I don't think he will. I think if we go into January and route playoffs, I think he, he probably will bring in a striker. Um, it just, it'd just be interesting to see, you know, what, What's going through his mind, really? Um, I suppose it depends on on the input of the Radfords as well. You know, they've been trying to get out of this league for God knows how many years. You, you'd probably say this is the strongest position we've been in. If it's a case yeah. of just buying a bit more firepower up front, because you know we we get into the final third, it's just that final third where either the final ball's like you know we're missing we're missing chances, you know, to to put games to bed or to get back into games or whatever. So. It is just that sort of firepower, a bit more firepower that we need up front. Yeah, definitely. So, with that being said, Rich, obviously the 10 days off, who is your player to watch against MK? Uh, well, I, I, I see, I thought about this last night. I was prepared. And based on the fact that he came on, played well and got his goal, I will go with Will Swan. And I would probably... He probably won't do it, but I would probably start him against MK as well while his confidence up and try and get him straight back on score sheet in that game as well. Yeah, sounds fair, mate. Um, have you got a score prediction for the MK game? Uh, we'll go 2-0. Clean sheet, two goals. Fair. I'd, I'm going to say 2-0 uh, uh, and Will Swan score. Say it every week and it's finally happened now, so I feel like Saying it every week, I've now got to say it literally every week. Yeah, so I'll go 2 0. So I'll say Will Swan and uh, Ollie Clark. Oh, I thought you could have said Bowtang for my case, but never mind. Well, I don't know what's going off with him. I don't know if he's injured or not. That's the thing. If I knew he weren't injured, I'd have picked him for you. He's saving him for running. That's what he's doing. Saving him for running. He's got to, Anti. Big players need big moments, mate. Big game, big players. Right, Edward. Obviously, Edward's here now, so it's Edward's time. Who is your Because He's Good Award this week? For which month? Either. But, uh, so, what, for the Swindon match? Yeah, yeah. 
Luke Sakins for the Luke Sakins for the Swindon match. And then yeah. Jordan Bowery for yesterday. Yeah. That seems fair. Aikens for the Swindon match, which I'd agree with that. He did change the game when he came on and we do look a better side with Luke Sakins and then Jordan Barry yesterday. Good picks, Edward. So, um, obviously, th- this is us now for a little bit, obviously. Will there be one next week? Yeah, I don't know. No. No. Unless, I don't think there's going to be one next week because obviously we've not played and I don't think anything massive is going to happen. So I think we're going to have a week off, Rich. What do you reckon? Yeah, unless we get yeah. some major breaking news. Yeah, yeah. unless we find out what's up with Boateng, then unless, we're not going to have a space. Unless, unless we get some kids back in club shop, we'll do a special uh, We'll do a special podcast to celebrate. But other than that... Yeah, yeah. if we get kids back in club shop, we'll go down to club shop and film it, put some jazzy music we'll, behind we'll take, it. We'll take some cans down at lot, you know, balloons at lot. <laughs> like, like a balloon arch on a club shop door. <laughs> but yeah anyway um, thanks for listening everyone and we will see you not next week the week after after we beat MK everyone's calmed down and Facebook ain't full of football managers so take care enjoy your 10 days off whatever you're doing and see you soon Amber and Blue out see you later laters